Hi there, welcome back to another music episode. I'm so excited about all of these, like I've enjoyed it so very much and Nadine L. Ruby is just such a powerful and wonderful human being, I can't wait for you to hear her speak. Rolling Stone have described her as a Sudanese rapper defying Afro-Arab taboos. You might have seen her on TikTok already with her new song Calm Down which covers a lot of brilliant ground that I feel like so many of us are feeling right now, so check that out. And without further ado, let's learn about her from the source. Every time I record, there's always like a moment after the interview where I'm like, I really hope I recorded that. <laughs> <laughs> I wait for the email to come through that's like recording. I'm like, oh, yeah. Been there, been there. Yeah, I did one that was four hours yesterday. Like it was because it was really fun. Like, and she's like okay. a comedian and stuff, so it was like a massive laugh. Okay. But she was in wow. New Zealand, so it was like eight till midnight. Oh, that's so cute! It was so so cute. Um, and then I was like, I don't even know if that can record that long. But did it? End up- oh, okay, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you not have like like do you end up cutting cutting the interviews down to like an hour or a certain amount of time, or is it just like free reign? Usually free reign. Like it depends. Like that one, I don't know if I'll do four hours but like there's been a couple where they've gone on and I've just gone you know like two interviews or whatever like one of them she was just like booker nominee and she was so sweet and so lovely and like she was like I don't know what you can use from this but like everything she said was just gold and like she had like ghost stories and she was a poet and I was like honey like wow gold just 10 out of 10 content (laughs) yeah exactly and she's like this like Welsh like lady in her sixties, and she was like holding her vape in her house. That like her partner is a carpenter, and they were like renovating a house. And I was like, like the vibes were just so cute. Oh my gosh, so cute. Yeah. Have you been doing like a crazy amount of interviews at the moment? Um, you know, not too crazy. I've had like a couple here and there, but like I I don't say yes to everyone <laughs> just because. Oh, yeah. No, not not in like an arrogant way, but just in the yeah. way of like I I'm just like intentional about where I put my time and energy, you know what I mean? And like mm-hmm. it, it just makes sense. So that's why like not a crazy I've been asked but haven't done a crazy amount. Yeah. I mean the ones yeah. you've done were like really interesting to read. Like I said when I emailed you. Yeah. The way your voice comes through. Oh, thank you. It's really great. I mean, it's not a surprise. Like, I feel like rap especially is, like, such a medium for that. Like, you need a really powerful yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, thank you. Oh, it means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad. I loved reading about your dad because he was a DJ, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been DJing forever. He's, like, he has been doing it since he was, like, a kid. He's always been into the arts, like, even when he was a kid he was like filming had a little VHS camera was like documenting everything and like he draws and he was a DJ so I got a lot of my like artistic side from her I would say I get the music from my dad and like the writing from my mom because she raised me on books and like reading and um journaling from a very young age and she always encouraged like the writing side of me um and like to this day is like why don't you like write a book like write short stories instead of music and I'm like I want to marry the two you know so yeah yeah 
DJ dad side, literature mom side, and it's like been bloop. That's so nice. Like, yeah, I could totally see you writing a book. And, like, you have so much of, like, a multi-hyphenate vibe. Like, there's fashion in there as well. Like, and it seems to, like, empower what you do, right? Yeah, I love fashion. And when I was younger, I actually wanted to be a fashion designer. I, like, literally, I was, like, that was, I was, like, that's what I'm doing. And, like, I would sketch, like, dresses and stuff and, like, sketch outfits. And, like, I remember being, like, very young. And instead of studying for my IGs, I was like, on, like, you know, net porte It's uh-huh. this web- yeah, okay, so I was on at the Forte, like, screenshotting, like, different, um, like, shirts and blouses and, like, dresses and shoes and, like, putting outfits together and, like, posting it on my Tumblr. And, like, I had, like, a whole idea for a store. So I've, like, I've definitely dabbled in, like, every sector of, like, the arts and fashion has been, like, a big one for me. It's yeah, funny. I saw you shouting out some of the, like, up-and-coming designers that you like to work with. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's huge. Um- yeah. How do you pick, like, what's your, like, thought process before you perform? Um, Number one is comfort, for mm-hmm. sure. And then, like, there are times where, like, I've maybe sacrificed comfort for fashion. And, like, every time I do that after, I'm like, oh, I'm never doing that again. Like, next time I'm just wearing, like, a big T-shirt and shorts or something. You know what I mean? Um, But, like, number one is comfort when I remember it. And then number two is, like, usually what the brand represents where they come from it's so important to me to um uplift like designers and brands from our region um and at the very least if I'm not doing that like for example and at Seoul Dubai we did like a collab with Christian Louboutin 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 I don't know how to pronounce it um and and, yeah we did it with them because like there was a bag involved and it was still like in the Middle East. And like, I, I knew I had known the um executive communications director for the Middle East. Like I'd known her from way back. So it was like kind of, it was more of a friendly thing, but um yeah, it's, a, it's more important more than anything to uplift like designers and brands from the region. Cause Is I feel you- like, you speak with your clothes like you speak with like what you're wearing like you know what I mean like I'm a huge believer in like intertextuality and like references and like even the references that you make speak to like a wider narrative you know what I mean so like if you're intentional about all the components of like your image I think it can tell a wider story which is very cool 100% and I feel like that's so much like where like kind of I guess like Gen Z is like such a broad term but like it's kind of where people's focus is right now like if you're under a certain age like 30s and under it's like what are the what do the brands mean like what's the legacy there and like how does it reflect who you are exactly 100 percent. I think it has it has to make sense I definitely don't believe in wearing like designer because it's cool like you'll never see me say like tell the stylist oh I need you to get like Gucci and like Louis Vuitton and like Versace just to like say that I'm wearing those names like that's so not my vibe I'd rather like literally have an outfit that was like thrifted from a random place but has like a really cool story to it you know yeah if you thrift something and someone compliments it and then they're like you can be like oh I thrifted it like has immediate cool points they're like (laughs) oh no way like yeah oh it's thrifted whatever I'm like okay (laughs) I can only do vintage I get so lost in thrifted like shops like that it's like a full career right 
bro it's a commitment like I actually to be very honest don't have the patience like I have this one friend her name is Iman she's also an artist and she's from Oman and like Omani American and she like will exclusively thrift stuff and she like is also a stylist and she'll put together the coolest outfits and I'm just like I don't know how you do it bro like I don't know how but she'll like go to a thrift store and just like spend and what's it called we'll just spend like hours just looking for clothes and I'm like I can't I'm shopping online it doesn't fit I return it most likely I'll actually just keep it and hope it fits one day yeah 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 (laughs) one day or that one of your friends is like oh I really need this and you're like brilliant I have (laughs) yeah that's what I'm saying I don't you love like sharing clothes I was never allowed to do that growing up so now I like relish in it like every time my friend is like oh I don't have this I'm like this is my closet take whatever you want you know what I mean it's yeah, a good fit. it's like such a nice vibe although a lot of my friends are like just slightly too short which is delightfully funny like, I'm not very tall I'm only 5'5 five five. just like oh, they're mini. You... They're mini yeah cute. so cute literally so they'll be like 5'2 or 5 foot and then they'll be like I, I can't I had the same thing so I have a really really tall friend Mm -hmm. and like she always needs clothes and I can never share it because it just won't fit her but I started wearing very oversized pants so like I'll like upsize like two or three sizes right and so we were in Dubai together she flew for the show from um Bosnia and she's like she don't have any pants and I was like these will actually fit you and they did and we were like we had a moment so that's the dream that's the that's a good friend right there just prepping (laughs) at all times (laughs) you've traveled so much like in 2023 right from like it looked like you were doing like a a different country every month basically it really felt like that I mean like when you kind of average it out over the year it kind of was like that there was like an intense add two intense months so March was an intense month because I went on that like little European tour I call it a run and I was doing London, Lisbon, uh, the ne- Utrecht in the Netherlands, and then back and forth, kept coming back to London. So that was like long. Oh my God. So many flights. Like I was having um, a chat with someone I'm starting to work with as my musical director who's going to like help me develop my shows. And he was, we were discussing like what a tour together would look like and stuff. And we were like, we, if we do tour, like we want to be in a city for like two to three days and not just like going one day next city one day, because it's just like, it's exhausting. And it's like, not even my vibe as a person. I don't like jet setting from place. I want to like, you know, connect with the place, connect with the city, connect with the people there, like do other things. It's just like, it's not fun. It's not fun. Some people, I, I imagine, very much enjoy it. They just want to be in and out. But I think, like, the point for me of music and, like, the point of traveling is to, like, understand the world and not just, like, be able to say, oh, I was in the city for a day. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred. it's like I was saying when I was, like, planning my friend's trip to Rome. Like, they have, like, 24 hours there. And it's, like, one of those places where you can see, like, 50 billion things. Exactly. It's so close. But, like... Otherwise, you would just kind of be like, oh, well, I, we were there. Exactly, Whatever. yeah. Like, take it off. And it's yeah. just not, it's not creatively sense. good for yeah. you, especially. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and it's just, like, exhausting and, yeah. But I, I was I was very blessed to travel a lot last year. So, that was those cities. And then I went to L.A. for the first time ever, which is, like, 
was so crazy. I never would have imagined that the first time I would be in LA would be to like perform a show. So that was like so surreal, so surreal. Um, did a show in New York, uh, in Cairo, Dubai. I was in Saudi as well. I went to Lebanon. So yeah, it was it was like it was a good year of traveling. The good vibe. What did you think of LA? You know, it was one of the situations where I don't feel like I was like really there long enough or did enough to like understand. I felt very like outskirt. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. with my one friend, she we went together everywhere. She drove me everywhere. I never really like went out and explored for myself. And I don't know if it's exactly the kind of place where you can do that if you don't have a car. I really wasn't trying to like Uber everywhere. So expensive. So um, I thought it was cool when people kept saying, oh, you should move here. You should move here. I wasn't feeling the vibe as much as I do when people are like, oh, you should move to New York. Where I'm like, yeah, should, right? You know, yeah. but um, I would have to go again to really. Have you been? No, I was talking to Michael Isaac, who's like this um, amazing, he's Egyptian-American. So he like combines like folk music and like American folk music and then like traditional Egyptian instruments and stuff. So it's like so good. And he's like, he's like 20. So he's like living with his parents, but he's also from LA. Mm -hmm. So he has like a completely different like musical experience of it. You know, where it's like, it's like home and he's by the beach and it's really lovely. And then there's all like this like really nice kind of energy. So it was like, I guess like interesting to hear because here it's such a like a, like a, a mythical place almost yeah. like you see it all the time but I couldn't tell you any major points in LA do you feel like a lot of America is like that for people who don't live in America because I do yeah I think so like even when I went to New York it yeah. was so different than mm-hmm. like bizarrely yeah it was like really really everything is so much bigger I think is probably yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like, like when you see it the mm. times there feel like larger than life, like bigger than people describe it. Weirdly, that felt like a little bit more like, I don't know, you know, those places where you go and you're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly how it felt for me. I definitely felt like the whoa, but then I was like, it lasted 30 seconds and I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I get why people immediately yeah. wish to leave this yeah. area. Yeah, but yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, like Europe just doesn't have like the same amount of like skyscrapers and stuff. So being around that is like, yeah, but it was fun. Like I really, really liked it. We were there in December, so it was like absolutely oh. amazing. Yeah, that's such a nice time to go. Yeah. Time for sure. Because are you there now? No, I'm in, I'm in Worcester, which is like an hour and a half out of Boston. It's like this interesting quaint little town yeah yeah it's, it's... <laughs> so it's not like a Gilmore Girls vibe no no, no. It's, like, it's like I don't even know how to explain it it's like um it's just it's just a super strange vibe it's like very strange I don't know it doesn't even feel like a real place yeah that yeah. I feel like a lot of America is that kind of energy I've only been twice but like yeah you, you constantly feel like is this really yeah it kind of feels like an, a weird Narnia you're like you know what I mean yeah it's yeah really, really that vibe and like especially in Worcester because it's like such um 
it's not very diverse it's not very multicultural and it's not very like curious about like other cultures or other places in the world like they're very much like Worcester you know what I mean and so it's coming from somewhere where like not only have I been blessed to experience like you know such diverse cultures but also my group of friends is like very diverse so it's like being around people who just have like no like curiosity or relation to having like friends outside of what they know is like it's like a culture shock you know what I mean yeah yeah I was gonna say especially like all the places you've lived have had such like you know different did you you grew up in the U.S. right like after a certain age yeah so I was in Sudan for a year and then when I was one we moved to America and I was there till I was like 10 and then the rest of my life was spent on the other side of the world where in where in the U.S. Virginia oh wow yeah <laughs> so right. um like Reston Virginia Fairfax which is like was Sudanese central it was like I mean places like that is like very it's it's more diverse it's different um yeah because it's like the landing point I think for a lot of immigrants you know so I definitely felt more of um community and understanding there even growing up like one of my closest friends like one of my best friends growing up who I'm still friends with was Egyptian and Muslim and like we went to school together and she would like fast turn Ramadan and like we had um like Indian friends and like Pakistani friends and people who were like still very closely tied to their culture so definitely a different experience than somewhere like here where it's like one person's like oh my god I have an Arabic friend and I'm like it's a language and they obviously never corrected you so that's awkward (laughs) you know yeah yeah Yeah. so where after was it Egypt after Virginia Sudan Sudan oh okay of course yeah 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 which was culture shock as well I was just excited to get on the plane and then you get there and it's like all dust and like you're not allowed to wear what you want and I was like oh shit we're not in Kansas anymore you know <laughs> literally um it was so different but yeah obviously in hindsight you're like oh, I miss it and I wish I could go back but sadly hashtag war so yeah, yeah. I mean yeah it's something that like I feel like there's much more attention on it now than there was even when it first started happening strangely like online Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's largely due to thanks to Palestinian voices also kind of like I think a there was like confusion between the Sudanese flag and the Palestinian flag and then that confusion then turned into Palestinians being like no not our flag but they're also going through war so whatever prayers are sending our way send their way to you know and then like I think I don't know even how this happened but I'm so glad it did more news about Congo started resurfacing and then it became a kind of thing I think where like people were talking about Palestine and then people would say don't forget Sudan and then people would say don't forget Congo don't forget Haiti and like then all these issues kind of started surfacing because it's like people are chiming in and we're like wow the world is really fucked up (laughs) there's something everywhere everywhere yeah like especially the stuff with Congo like the fact that I didn't know about it like so many other people were completely unaware is just like completely unaware can you imagine when I saw those numbers I was like yo like I think 
especially like you know people like me and you who are kind of more tapped in and care about these things can kind of step into a, a comfortable place of like oh but like we're aware of what's going on and like we we care and then something like that shows up and you're like oh my god I've been blinded just as much as everybody else it's embarrassing it's embarrassing yeah, 100% I think also being British you're just constantly like there is stuff you just don't yeah talk about it every day there's something you're like no yeah how do you feel about that when I ask is like I mean I'm guessing born and raised in the UK right yeah 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 how how is your because you mashallah you seem like very worldly and like I'm not gonna say woke I hate I hate that word but like conscious you know what I mean and like curious and and obviously connected to different kinds of people like how did that happen for you and like what does it mean for you now like seeing the internet kind of an uproar about imperialism and colonialism like how do you react to that I think it's like one of those things where being on social media young helps Mm -hmm. because you kind of like you see it a bit more but like I was from a town like where you are now where it just like like it just wasn't very diverse and then I came to uni in London and suddenly I had friends who were like from like their heritage was from all over the world and they would tell me stuff and I would be like no that's that's insane like I think we're lucky that like like places like London are multicultural enough and there's been enough time that people are in like greater positions of power so if you go to apart from the British Museum because that's kind of controlled by the Conservative Party a lot of the galleries and museums are taking it so seriously now and they're kind of like like if you go to a stately home here they'll be like the people who owned this home also owned these people these are the lives of those people and like but it's been such a rapid shift I guess like a really positive one and then obviously in government right now there's like people who are very deeply afraid of Mm. what that means but like if we don't address it we're just gonna you know eat ourselves alive almost I think that's the Yeah. yeah it's interesting I think it's stressful when you see the push back because yeah like to an extent there are all these like kind of bubbles like I wouldn't say like Brexit is a pretty mm. like it's shocking but it's not actually shocking it's like that's pretty much where we're at the population of the UK and how they think it's not that shocking at all yeah exactly so yeah it's like yeah but I think culture is always like the fastest way to kind of show mm-hmm. people and share stuff and I think like hopefully there's a there's been enough of a shift little by little that right. maybe in 10 years time things will look very different like I think people were I don't know it's sort of like Richie Sunak probably is a great representation of right now where it's like shocking shocking yeah. talk about internalized colonialism and just like Stockholm syndrome like it is crazy I'm like I'm I don't know if I like I I feel like from what I understand he's Pakistan. Uh, he's from yeah, his family from India. Actually, he's yeah. from the town where I went to school. Okay. Is where he grew up. Okay, and so like, yeah, I just, I just, I don't understand. I don't understand like how you could literally have have a, a heritage and ancestral line that faced colonization and then like become that 
oppressive you know what I mean yeah yeah I think it's an old system it's the um the public school system exists basically to send people to go you know commit genocide and then also to take people from wealthy families across the empire and basically like sell them you you can almost be the perfect English man right and then that you know because like there's only so much you have to almost outsource the work don't you so I think it's kind of because he went to one of those schools so I guess it's like yeah I know yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean it's kind of like Thatcher as well like she did not like women and yet she was like off first I don't know if you know Thatcher yeah right 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 Yeah, yeah yeah like that kind of energy we've had like female leaders who just don't yeah and I'm also like what is that about it's 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 so fascinating actually like I really want to like study the psychological descent from like being a normal person to being evil yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I guess there's that film out at the moment um what's it called the zone of interest okay and it's the, it looks at it, I don't know if it goes far enough. Like, I think it would be more interesting to see, like, someone's, like, lifespan. But it basically, it's just, like, a real-time people living next to Auschwitz, like, the people who ran it. Wow. And, like, this family and, like, how they could, like, compartmentalise it and, like, yeah. what it was like for them. And it is just, like, so eerie because you never see anything that they're doing. You just, right. you never see beyond the wall. You just see what they're seeing. Yeah, it's like... That's crazy. Yeah, because they literally their guard wall Mm. is the Auschwitz wall. Right, 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 right. And they're just living a normal life and then right behind that, terrible things are happening. Yeah, they're like swimming in the river, like growing stuff in the garden, like... Crazy. That's such a metaphor for like literally the world. Yeah, especially now like because it's so like tricky with like algorithm feeds and stuff like some people just never have anything come up on their feed that doesn't you know it doesn't not in their scope it's not in their universe you know yeah 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 and like then some people have only that and then they almost can't see the wood for the trees you know Mm -hmm. like and then yeah I guess that kind of like keeps them unable to act maybe sometimes I don't know yeah I think balance is important in everything. Yeah, 100%. Like, watching your TikTok where you talked about how everyone is, you know, we're all involved, even if it feels like we're not involved. Yeah. Yeah. I very much stand by that. I think, like, I think you're, like, it's kind of like when I think about God and, like, how people say, just because you might not believe in God doesn't mean God has forgotten about you or doesn't like think of you, you know what I mean? And I think it's like very much the same with politics. It's just because you're not aware of politics doesn't mean that it's not a force that's affecting your life. You know what I mean? Like if you're literally like, so you don't care about anything, but you even comment like, oh my God, gas is so expensive this week. Congratulations. Enter the world of politics. Like it's all tied together, you know? So it's like, I think, think and what I was saying in that video as well is like once you start to become aware of it then you can control like the narrative of it and how it affects you how you let it affect you and like how you affect it you know 
inversely so yeah yeah 100 i mean that's the only way we can kind of develop yeah these because like we are from in like democratic countries but like they're not they're not like truly there yet you know it's like at all i feel like democracy is like a scapegoat for just for control you know what i mean it's the illusion it's the illusion of choice like literally the illusion of choice like democracy like we're so fair like we're giving you the option and these countries they don't even give their people the option so we're gonna go over there and fix that you know what i mean but it's like even in your own country doesn't that doesn't exist like and it's like so bro every time i think about this shit i'm like who do i who's in charge like who do i speak to (laughs) like yeah it's insane yeah like I emailed my MP here obviously when everything happened inside in Palestine and he was just like I don't know I don't know what people expected to happen and I was like what is this as a reply and this guy has to step down anyway partly because the conservatives just aren't gonna win next election so loads of people are just saying like oh I'm taking a break or whatever Mm -hmm. also he committed like a major fraud during COVID so like emailing your representative being like what is the point of you literally like yeah and I think a lot of them are just figureheads Mm. you know what I mean like it just feels like there are hundreds of thousands of people employed to sit in an office and like do some kind of like fake paperwork to provide the illusion of a government and a system and it's like even in America bro like when we were protesting in DC and there was like stat the presidential staff or like the governmental staff also protesting i'm like what do you like like do you get what i'm saying like i love that you're working in a system and and you don't agree with the system but then what are you doing like what like what do you how are you working for these people what are they telling you what are you telling them like how are you able to exist in contradiction within a system that you're working in but you, but your values don't even align with that system. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's all yeah. very confusing. But then I guess like that's literally the world, isn't it? Like we are all working within a system and existing within a system that we don't even agree with. But then, what choice do we have? Like, yeah, I think maybe eventually there'll be more like legal changes because I think here what we saw is there were just like re- there's like no real repercussions for like people doing insane stuff like Boris Johnson basically got to do like the weirdest stuff and like well like was he was there something about tapping into WhatsApp during COVID like what was that about was that <laughs> so basically right now they have an inquiry to like okay. look into everything that happened during COVID they already had a like a look at the party gate stuff which is basically like all the politics not all the politicians but like his group were all like you know partying and doing drugs and when when we went yeah yeah, we weren't allowed to like they found cocaine in Downing Street I think and it was like and the yeah and the people who reported it I think were the the cleaning staff which is iconic because it was like yeah it was like they just didn't expect it and then so right now they're doing all that but loads of whatsapps keep going missing you know like, so Rishi Sunak is like famous for being a tech person mm-hmm. and he doesn't have his WhatsApps and everyone is like how do you mm-hmm. someone who like should like should know all this you know 
And with Boris Johnson, there was a period of time where he said he forgot his phone password. And um, so fortunately, like the judge or someone said, you know, that's fine. We'll just get people to get into your phone for you, which was like a waste of their time. But they did get into the phone. So it was like, okay, but yeah. So confused. That's crazy. You mean to tell me that he literally told uh, a thingy of judges, oh, I forgot my password. Like, sorry, yeah. I can't give you any evidence. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Literally, and everyone knew it was bullshit because, like, he's just the person who lies and lies and lies. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, it's just, it's been chaos here. And then, like, Same. like you were saying, with everything all over the Middle East, like, the number of times, like, our country will be like, yeah, great, just send, we'll just bomb them. We'll just, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, at what point are we, you know, not? Yeah. Well, you know, like, I mean, Obviously, we're not qualified going into other countries and doing all that stuff. But, like, no one's, like, you know, if you were drunk, you yeah. wouldn't drive. But, like, yeah. you're in absolute shambles and we're still, like, yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. It's, like, what, what do they say? Throwing, um, like, broken glass houses. I don't know what the saying is. But it's, yeah. like, calling the pot, calling the kettle black. It's just kind of, like, like, you should, and it's the same thing with American now. It's, like, the homelessness and the poverty and mm-hmm. like the public education system being in shambles and student debt and just like national debt and the economy and then it's like when you still have the gall to call yourself the greatest country on earth enough to feel like you need to interfere in other countries affairs and fix them like fix yourself honey fix yourself like yeah and it's like everyone like yeah and it's the way that everyone is like wow no like the middle east are just chaos like it's just absolute and you're like who (laughs) who did that like come on like same yeah we did the first goal four in like gcse at school so like um when you're like 15 16 Mm -hmm. and we had like two lessons of like basically the entire history of the middle east in the 20th century (laughs) like the most insane like being like 15 and watching all that and going I'm sorry like the only takeaway was like why did we keep going there why did we keep making borders like wow yeah I remember kind of learning about the world and like in school in America and it's like Egypt the pyramids pharaohs China, the Great Wall, you know, just like these like little like bite-sized things of like history, like that's the world. Okay, moving on. And you're like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Really, there's more, you know? So yeah, crazy. Yeah, like we'll do the slave trade and then it'll be like, and then we ended it. Everyone was lovely. Everything was good. And like, and then you get older and you're like, sorry, they just replaced... They just took people from South Asia instead. That's wild. <laughs> like, no one mentions that. It's just sort of like, and then everybody learned. Yeah. And then we've done. Everybody lived happily ever after. And you're like... <laughs> yeah, it's like... <laughs> yeah. And then, then it's sort of like, and in America, they were still going. Like, can you believe yeah. that? Right. Oh, my God. Like, 
so it's actually comical like it makes me want to cry of laughter when I think about it like so funny psychotic behavior truly yeah 100% and like I feel like one of the I mean not positives but like one of the things like from seeing everything with Palestine is that like it's a whole generation of people who are really really like almost de I don't know what the word is like de-radicalizing themselves after the propaganda of like 9-11 yeah facts 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 yeah it's been interesting like even like looking at it I've just been like wow like Mm. it's so insane how every movie is like you know just like an assortment of like Arab people or white people pretending to be Arab people who were just like vague villains yeah and then they're like great this is a film yeah literally this is a storyline and then it's like like it's yeah when I, thinking about how much Hollywood is like a propaganda machine of like the states and like how Russians are always depicted as evil they're always a bad guy the Arabs are always the bad guys they're always terrorists or like they have some kind of comical accent like there's so many things where I'm like, that's why like when you see shows like Rami and Mo, it's just like such a breath of fresh air because it's like, okay, this is like, this I understand. And I think people who watch that, those things then also understand like, oh, maybe these kinds of people are not just this one way. Like maybe people are different even within their own cultures and like, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, maybe people are people is such yeah. a yeah. There's a good film. Like I don't know when they're gonna make it into. I think they they wanted to make it into a TV series, but it was a short film, and it was the guy who does the VFX for like all the Christopher Nolan films. Oh, wow. It's like his directing debut. Okay, and I spoke to the producer of that film like maybe like a year ago or something, and it's like so good like the the effects are really cool but basically what it is is it's like a real like challenge to the secret service in the uk and all the drone strikes Mm. so it follows like i think it's syria that it looks at like the actress is syrian okay well it's his mom and like you look at her life in real time Mm -hmm. as like all these like british people are arguing in a room about whether or not they're going to strike when they know civilians are going to be injured wow. I think it's like a really like that's crazy because that's so mm. real yeah yeah and so real wow I want to see that yeah I really I can't remember what it was called fireworks was what it was called and he was called, like, out? I don't know like given the caliber of like who he is like he has this huge like they did like the VFX for like Iron Man and stuff like that so Oh, wow. They'll definitely do something, I think. Like, one of the actresses was from, I think she was in Andor or something. And, like, so it was, like, a really, really good. So hopefully they'll make it into a, a show. It was, like, nominated for the BAFTA or something, I think. Mm-hmm. It could That's be wrong. But, yeah, it's, like, interesting to see the shift. Mm-hmm. And also, I feel like there are a lot more, like, Arab voices in music yeah. as well. Yeah, which is so cool. Yes, so cool. How do you, because like obviously the past year has been really intense for you with everything in Sudan, like at home. How do you kind of channel that into your work? Um, I, it's like, it's something that I think about a lot. Like it's 
not even something that I think about. I'm like, oh, how am I going to do this? It just kind of happens naturally. Mm. So it's like something that I am constantly thinking about, like just in the background. And so when I write, it just kind of like, will just show up in like little places. Um, There's a song that I wrote called Please Don't Call Here, which is like part of this. It's one of the songs in this upcoming project that I'm releasing, Freestyles Part 2, Mixtape. Um, and the song is just about this feeling that I have routinely that I feel like a lot of people can relate to where it's like, you just kind of go off grid sometimes and like, you don't feel like speaking to anyone and like you, I, you self isolate and like, you're not responding to messages and people are calling, you're not answering, you're not calling back. And it's like, um, so part of the song is like me apologizing and then part of the song is like me kind of getting defensive of like someone's like oh how dare you not call me back and I'm like listen okay I'm sorry but I'm going through this this and this my country's literally at war like a lot is going on right now you know and that's like this whole region I feel like our whole region has been in that frame of mind where it's like bro like we're we can't we can't show up for anything else the way that we used to because we're really busy showing up for this you know so it's like it's hugely been it's like been a huge factor in like my writing and my music and like um it's I have this whole project that I want to do that's kind of tied to that and as well as it being very prevalent in my work it's also about okay how do I make it prevalent without making it all doomsday and depressing. Like, I'm also thinking consciously how to pay tribute to Sudan in a beautiful way as well and not make it just this, like, war-torn country that fulfills, like, the Western trope of oh, Africa and Middle Eastern shambles. You know what I mean? It's also, like, how do you honor where you're from and what your country is going through um, without further disgracing it almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think as like political things in the West become more complicated, it's increasingly more easy to see how like these things can escalate and how like normal families like even talk, I was talking to my uncle mm-hmm. and he was like really, really not shocked, but he was like, I can't believe that there are so many like middle class families in Palestine who were just like, you know, lawyers yeah. like him or they're like doctors and stuff. And they've had these like lives exactly like ours. And now it's being presented as like, you know, yeah, that's just it's how it is there. It's so crazy because it's like, yo, like my family who had to leave, like, and me, I mean, I left a long time ago, but had whole lives in Sudan. Like, we, like people just living life, like going to school, working, they have their family, like people who were living abroad who fully plan to come and move back. You know what I mean? Like they're working or they're studying and they're like, yeah, I'm going to come back to Sudan and get a job there. And it's like, it's so crazy. When I like last a couple of weeks ago, it hit me like, oh my God, all my friends who have only Sudanese passports are now legally legitimately refugees. But like, you just cannot go home. My mom, bless her soul, who like, built her whole life in Sudan like we bought an apartment like that her mom was there like that's where she was gonna be buried you know what I mean like that's where my grandfather God rest his soul is buried and it's like to have to leave and start all over with no future in sight like I still and I I feel like I can't wrap my head around it properly because alhamdulillah like my family got out we're safe like we're still functioning like we were able to start over 
a lot of people I don't think have that privilege or they have family who's still stuck there. And I think their reality is so much more harrowing than mine is because it's like, where, like literally, where do you go? What do you do? You know, it's, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. Well, it's like what you were saying, like with your upcoming song, like they, those people are always going to be mentally half somewhere else. Like no matter how much effort they're putting into everything else, like, and like mental health and therapy and all these things like really work to a certain extent, but they can't, you know, it's just going to be part of their reality. Is there even like, are most therapists even like qualified or equipped to deal with like the very unique challenge of my country is at war and I'm fine, but my family's stuck there, but like, I'm still in uni but I also have to work and support my family. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's, oh, breathing exercises. We'll do the trick. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's deep, bro. It's deep. That's like, that's laying the foundation for generational trauma. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Seeing like TikToks every once in a while of therapists who are like POC or like have like experience with these kind of like unique situations and like understand generational trauma and stuff is so fascinating because I feel like that's the only way forward with these kind of things so like the kind of like advertisement for therapy at the moment is a bit like is capitalism getting you down yeah true so true which is like isn't it so crazy as well like if you look at it super meta how consciousness is now being used as a tool for marketing like even think about you know when BLM became like this huge thing and companies started realizing like oh actually if we incorporate this into our policy and like show that we're conscious about it like our business will do better and it's like yo we are literally like capitalism is so embedded into like our very fabric of society and being that like you can't even fully be conscious without still playing into that it's oh my god yeah i'm ready to go mars (laughs) well I think I don't know like I think there's been such a shift like even in the past few months like seeing people expressing themselves especially like you were saying like when Palestinian voices or people like Arab voices especially right now I feel like a kind of presenting like even in terms of religion like you know like it's become something that's so like almost at odds with capitalism right and becomes so like icky to talk about and then suddenly there are so many Muslims online right now who are like hey this is like a really valid part of my identity and it's like really healthy. Yeah, it's been really interesting to see. It is beautiful. Like there's always going to be a flip side to everything. And as much yeah. as like have kind of been like doomsday, it's also like people are like, there's there's a kind of like energy of like love and compassion and like patience and grace resurfacing as well throughout all this, which has also of course been like inspiring and gratifying to see. So yeah it's not all bad no no but I feel like and they always say like it like every time there's a big leap there's then like a political pushback and then we saw it with Trump and like Johnson and now like we're kind of I don't know what happened in America it feels like very politically different right now with Biden compared to here where that's a good question I don't know I'm like I'm not really super tapped in to American politics more than just what I see online I just know 
that much like the UK, the country is run by like people who are literally senile and like, you know what I mean? Racist, Yeah. 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 Yeah.
protest. Like I, I just, I didn't believe in it. I'll be very honest with you. And then um, I went to New York just to like visit some friends and do stuff. And then um, they were telling me they were going to a protest and they're like, oh, come. And I was like, ah, might as well, you know, I'm here, whatever. And I was like in the midst of it and I still didn't really get it. I was like, this feels a bit, you know what I mean? Underwhelming. Like it was cool to see everyone. We're all walking and stuff, but I, I like, I didn't get it. And then when I went to the protest in DC, I was like, okay, I get it. It's not about you. It's not about you as a person. It's like, when you zoom out and you see these like drone videos of like hundreds of thousands of people marching in the street, it's like, oh, you're a cog in like the larger wheel of change. Like, you know what I mean? Like it really, like I zoomed out and I was like, oh shit. Like I might, I might look around and feel like, what is me standing, holding a flag doing? But when you zoom out and you're like, oh, I was one flag and like hundreds of thousands of flags and that made the news it's like, okay, I see the point now. Like, you have to, if one person is speaking out, if one person is doing something and inspires, the next person, the next person, the next person, before you know it, you're literally like a sea of people catalyzing change. So that was very cool. I agree with you there. It's like, courage, what, what's a quote? Courage calls to courage everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite like a, a nice one. And like in a funny way, like when we see all these trends in culture and art, like, it's, it's doing the same thing right like a few publications will say like hey this is like really where we're focusing right now and then it becomes a much larger yeah, thing. Like, like okay cool and that's where like um I hate when things become just like a trend that people jump on and then jump off but it's like when that trend then creates like a current of like long-lasting change um so like for example with British Vogue I forget what his name is but he was like the editor in chief and like um just did his last cover. I don't know if you saw like the 40 women yeah. on like and I read the article that he wrote with basically like his farewell letter and he was like, I'm still the only black man in the room and like with the higher up executives, but when I look at the office, when it's like, you know, people in the office actually working and it's so diverse and I'm seeing that like since I started putting black women on the cover. Black women are now on the covers of a lot of magazines. He was like, I, I see the change. And he was like, it's very hopeful that like, okay, it might not be higher up yet, but it's like getting there. So I think that's what like the point of all of this is. It's like, is like you said, in 10 years, things might be very different because we've started now. You know? Yeah. 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 It's, um, I just looked up his name. It's Edward Ennefel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same. I mean, it's like completely different, but you know Lewis Hamilton, the F1 driver. Mm -hmm. So he's obviously like had like everyone else. My dad used to work in F1, and everyone else in F1 is like basically a white guy, and they're like racing each other. Whereas he has like so much else to like, you know, like he's basically competing against white supremacy every time he's on the track, and he knows it. Yeah, and he's just moved. So he's done loads of work at Mercedes for ages about doing all that diversity and he's just moved to Ferrari which is really interesting because Italy obviously has like so much love for that team but also like you know a pretty a As a country, it's notoriously racist mm -hmm. my brother went to uh one of the races in Italy 
And people started leaving when they saw that Hamilton was winning. Like partly, partly because he wasn't Ferrari, but I, it was also like my brother, and my dad came back and they were like, oh my God, like, yeah, 100%. I love people like that though. Like, yes, like it's like make them angry. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I love it. I think it's so inspiring. I mean, look at what Serena and Venus Williams did for tennis, you know, it's insane. Yeah. Literally, like, and even seeing, like, the shift with the Grammys lately, like, there has been, like, every every year you see more and more people who, yeah. Uh, every year the Grammys is a little more scared of the backlash, 100%. They oh, still, yeah. still messed up, you know, with SZA winning Album of the Year, or Taylor winning it over SZA, but yeah, actually, like, eventually... They just won't be able to say shit. No, I'm with you on that. I mean, that album, uh, Taylor Swift does great music, but I wouldn't say they, they don't, like, album-wise, it just it was not the same. Yeah, at all. I, I don't understand. You know, when I, living in America, I kind of do understand because Taylor is played much more widely than SZA is, for sure. Like, you go to every pharmacy every grocery store it's like taylor swift playing like when they say she's america's sweetheart holy shit like i can't even be mad at it like she she literally is like she's everywhere everywhere it's insane so from i guess the popularity standpoint or like if you look at majority white america i get it but from like a talent skill just like masterpiece like art standpoint no it makes no sense but whatever 100 and scissor appreciates your work which is like how did that like i know you've talked about it before but like that must have felt electrifying bro i had a breakdown i had an actual <laughs> i had an actual breakdown i remember exactly where i was and what i was doing when that happened i had just come back from saudi in december of 2022 and I was feeling very, I had like met all these artists that I'm like friends with, Iman, Feluca, St. Laban, and like was very inspired by everyone and like their journey. And like I was supposed to perform and I couldn't because I got really sick and like it was like a whole thing. And I was like, you know what? This year I'm really focusing and like improving my craft and like elevating my artistry. And I was like, I'm going to delete social media. I'm just going to work on music. I'm not going to worry about promoting anything, doing anything. I'm just going to focus on me. And I had literally deleted Instagram. I didn't even have it. I was trying to fall asleep. And I was in a group chat with my then label rep, Narcy, when I was like with Shulamuk Records, distributing through Empire. And um, my then manager, Meg. And I couldn't sleep and I rolled over and I checked my phone and I saw notifications them being like SZA just reposted Nadine, SZA just shared Nadine's work. And I'm like, what? I look and I had to download Instagram and it was on her story. My video was on her story. And I was like, what is going on? And I've had so many serendipitous moments like that where like, I'm either just about to give up or I have like a very strong resolve of like, okay, focus, like I need to do things this way. And then God will like, give me some kind of sign of like yep on the right track and that was one of them and I was just like yo this is by far the craziest thing that's ever happened to me because I like 
she to me as like a writer and like a musician is just like everything that I want and that I look up to just in the way that she writes but also like her keen sense of like vulnerability and being so open with how she feels but she's somehow like you don't really feel sorry for her you're just kind of like I get it because I kind of feel the same way like it's just oh, she's like everything so yeah that was a big moment I can yeah she just like power <laughs> through vulnerability yeah. like mm-hmm. is like the crux of her work like yeah yeah amazing and it's like it's so inspiring for someone like me who's very scared to be vulnerable because I'm like oh, I'm so worried about how it's gonna make me look and like people know me you know what I mean so it's like sometimes I wonder whether artists who are on that like scale almost have an easier time being vulnerable because it's like you're putting music out and it's like there's kind of anonymity attached to it or like you're so big that you almost feel inaccessible so it like doesn't really affect you but it's like no like she has a close circle of like family and friends and like people around her it's like almost even more scary because it's like also ingested by so many people and so many people are going to talk about that one line where you said this like I remember she put out the song special and SOS and um she has this line where she's like um I gave all my special away to a loser now I'm just a loser and so many people were like giving her shit for it on Twitter and they were like oh says the baby like I love your music but I would never sing that line back because like I would never call myself a loser and it's like I can't imagine how that must have felt for her if she ever saw it to be like wow like you literally put yourself out there and like people make fun of you for it and that's my biggest fucking nightmare like my biggest nightmare as an artist is to like be very vulnerable and then people hit me up like are you okay and it's like don't fucking talk to me like it's my you know what I mean like that's that that's like that's where I put my feelings not for you to come and ask me if I'm good you know what I mean like I can't even like I want I really wonder if when she puts music out people know up like yo are you okay like I heard the song and it's like yo relax you know what I mean I don't know yeah well sometimes like one I think like self self-care and self-love sometimes at the moment are sort of like seen as armor as opposed to like tools for for being you know yeah. vulnerable in yourself and also like people create stuff and then it might be a really long time before anyone sees it so like that could be years ago and they've gone this song is great I've channeled something into it I'm gonna release it or it might be based on someone else that you just don't know totally 100% yeah so that's like I think I have a huge time like huge it's an obstacle for me it's like being super vulnerable because it's just like I can't even like I just don't want people to talk to me about it I don't know I feel like freestyles part one like it's such an amazing access to like your thought process when you were doing it that like listening to it before I listened to it like start of this week and I was like oh this is just such like for an interviewer like it's just such gold because you're like ah like I, I kind of get a sense of who you are but also yeah. like you're a fluid person so you're not gonna be that all the time yeah especially when it's a freestyle kind yeah. of energy because that's like st- stream of consciousness like we all yeah no it's it's interesting because it's like you say that like oh you're not gonna do that all the time but also I feel like 
what I love about my music is as much as it's like represents who I was when I wrote it, it's also like still always me. You know what I mean? It's kind of why I like never regret tattoos because it's like that's how I felt when I got it. And that like that can never not be a part of me. You know what I mean? So it's like it's it's also interesting in that way. Like even like there'll even be a song like Throne, for example, which is the first song that I ever released, not even anything remotely close to hip hop. And I'll like it was it was a song about just like feeling very insecure and like just not up to par with the potential of who you know you could be feeling held back by like your own fears and like self-perception and there will be days where I'm like feeling so far from that I'm like oh like baby me was like so sad I'm so glad I'm not in that place anymore but then like one day I'll have a feeling that will like acutely remind me of a line in that song and I'm like holy shit like you know what I mean like it just comes back to you and you're like wow like those those things don't ever really go away and I think that's what's so cool and such a blessing about doing music and being an artist as well as it's like an ever evolving diary of you you know what I mean as you grow it's very cool that is such a stunning mindset like and to be there for yourself as well to like feel understood by something you've put out is like so cool they have that in so like a lot of I do transactional analysis therapy and you have all these personality types. And like, the point is you're never going to stop, you know, you're not going to become a different person, like switch, but like it's so like the therapy, the aim of it is not to change you. So you know that you'll be 60 and you'll still be like, Oh, why did I do that? Oh, because of X or Y like, okay. And then it's just like, yeah having a lot more compassion for yourself I guess rather than feeling like you have to improve yourself I definitely still always feel like I have to improve myself but it's also like I'm also like I I still have moments where I'm like you know what I still really like myself in this like imperfect place like I like this quirky thing of like oh I'm kind of scatterbrained sometimes and like I'm always late no matter how much I try to not be late like even today like I had an alarm like I was ready I was like okay it's at 11 and like still I'm like I'm always gonna be like 10-15 minutes late and like I kind of wish I wasn't that person but it's also kind of cute that I am you know so it's like these things of like not being so hard on ourselves and having more compassion and just like not like oh yeah just like live like living in yourself you know like like an old pair of shoes that you feel very comfortable in and like you should probably get some new ones because they would look better and like but you also just love wearing those Doc Martens all the time because they feel too. Yeah. 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 And I feel like when I was doing all the research and you were talking about how you're not competing with your peers, you're kind of like looking at where you want to go next. I feel mm-hmm. like that is kind of part of the attitude almost. Mm-hmm. Like it's self-acceptance and self-exploration as opposed to like. Yeah. Being, yeah. yeah. It's never about anybody else. It's always, like, about you. And, like, I think there's always going to be somebody better, you know? There's always going to be a better version of yourself, you know? Like, that's also always changing, which is crazy. Like, there's there's no such thing as, like, reaching any kind of, like, perfection or bar. Of like, okay, I'm here now. I can, like, relax and chill. Because you can, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know complacency 
can be a thing for many people. It's not really, a, it's not really a thing for me personally. Yeah. Who is it like in your community and like family relationships who kind of help empower that like self-acceptance and also challenge you at the same time? Hmm. I think my mom is really good at that. She'll like constantly be, you know, pushing me to do better. But then like when I do come to her feeling very shit, like, oh, like I didn't, I've been sleeping in all week. I'm not feeling very motivated, da 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 she'll on the flip side then be very understanding and be like oh you must be tired like then you should rest like listen to your body you know what I mean and then she'll also have moments where she's like try your best this week like do this like are you eating well are you sleeping well so she'll like push me but can also show me so much compassion on days when I'm not feeling that way towards myself and then on days where I'm feeling maybe a little too complacent or lazy she'll be that voice of like no you can do better so she's been great with that it's gorgeous mm-hmm. how did it feel when you were written about as a musician's musician because you're also like a music journalist right so like where did you find that because I don't know if I've ever seen that I'll look it up now it was I'm so curious because if anyone, anyone's referred to me as that I would be like that's that's an honor that's a big deal yeah uh musician musician where was it you not that you necessarily have to fact check it. I'm sure you saw it somewhere. No, 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 no. no but funny. it's interesting, right? Like I think I you know actually it was either in I've just looked up and there's the scene noise article and the Rolling Stone one come up. It's probably the Rolling Stone one. I don't know if I read the other one. Yeah, potentially. Um, that feels good, man. That feels oh. like it's really good because um yeah. It kind of reminds me of like when I think about Lana Del Rey, I know mm-hmm. people think she's like Zionist. First of all, we don't know if she's actually Zionist. She just signed a letter and that can always be out of like ignorance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I met her in person, I would talk to her about it. She doesn't seem like the kind of person who would be okay with a genocide happening. That's for sure. But um, you also never know. But um, when I think about her, like she to me is an artist artist because like she's just so like just so poetic the way she writes is just so beautiful and I feel like music can be so commercial sometimes and I think she's like the antithesis to that so yeah so if hearing oh being seen as a musician's musician is like it's yeah that's deep (laughs) it's a a really nice energy it must kind of feel a bit like you know connected to a community I guess of like of people doing what you love like when you're talking about your friends and I'm like oh wow those are like such cool mates to have like yeah like having that kind of like because sometimes I guess especially with music maybe it can seem a little bit like isolated maybe like you kind of have like a group of people you see and then you put out stuff and then I don't know (laughs) I could be completely wrong like in what in what sense sorry I don't know. Maybe I'm saying <laughs> absolute shit right now. But like I don't know, like there are so many musicians out there right now. And like we're in kind of like a golden era of like people can have like, you know, like two million listeners and I'll be like, I've never heard of them before. And like Why? it's kind of a crazy time. And some like I guess seeing that it feels like it can be kind of isolating or kind of but then there probably are massive communities around yeah. people 
for sure. But it's also like it is it is fair. It's not as much isolating as it is like confusing. I'm like, like, where where are these people? You know what I mean? And like, how did they get there? And like, who is listening to them? And it's like, even watching myself now kind of like build my own community, like the song that I just released, Calm Down. I got like 20,000 new followers in the span of a month just from like that one song and that one reel. Like I was like, I was looking at my, my analytics on Instagram and I was like on average getting like a thousand followers a day. And I'm like, where are all these people coming from? Like, how did you find me? And like, how connected are you really going to be? You know what I mean? You know how mindlessly people move on social media? They see something they like, they just follow. Like they're not really thinking about it. They're not like, oh my God. Not every single person is like, I am now a diehard fan of this artist, you know? So it's like building, like just understanding how big the world is and how wide your reach can be through social media. But then it's also the flip side of that is like, it's you feel so diluted and I don't know how to keep everyone locked in or tapped in, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's just, it, it's can be very overwhelming for sure. It's yeah. like- I think yeah. you have you have a strong enough voice and body of work that like when you listen to other stuff like you have so many genres and stuff so it's like really interesting like it's got range Thank but you. like definitely having heard you know like literally one song and then mm-hmm. being like oh wow this person I definitely need to talk to you like this is amazing and then doing all the research and everything and being like yeah this is like a really solid body of work like I think it's maybe people who are like I can imagine it'd be so stressful if you're like you know 18 you've written this song suddenly everyone loves it and you're like shit (laughs) bro I'm like also the people who blow up like literally seemingly overnight I'm like damn that's stress that's stress yeah yeah or people who like gained hundreds of thousands of followers in like 2020 yeah that was like happening all the time and then like now they have nothing you know Mm -hmm. I mean they're getting like 400 views it must feel so like maddening that is like oh that's my biggest nightmare that's my biggest nightmare because how do you go back from that it's crazy although that said in the old days it was like you know you were on like top of the pops for ages and then nobody heard from you again and then you had like a comeback era or like someone puts your phone out on tiktok and suddenly you're back so i guess it's like a tale as old as time so true so true actually yeah before you go um what have been your favorite cities to see in the past year Ooh, um lisbon was so beautiful oh my god lisbon was gorgeous i went this year and like i was so surprised like i knew it'd be great but it's like it's great no one talks about how beautiful portugal is it's gorgeous it's like it was stunning i was like oh my god i want to go back i really do to see it properly um I just had such a nice vibe it kind of like reminded me of like Italy but also like Holland but like it was so green and like hilly but like it was just oh it was so beautiful so Lisbon was huge um I loved Beirut I loved Beirut so much oh my god like one of my favorite places ever also such a beautiful vibe everyone was so hospitable and nice and there was just so much to do and it felt like home although I'd never been there before and like it was yeah Beirut I'd want to go back to for sure LA just out of curiosity um I want to go back and like really experience it and see how I feel about it 
And New York is just like, is somehow my home, although I don't live there. It's like, I, in my head, I'm like, New York is home. Aside yeah. from, yeah. So those are my favorite. Amazing. And what are you looking forward to from 2024? Just releasing more music for sure. Releasing, releasing and building the community and um, meeting more lovely people like yourself and more opportunities, inshallah. So yeah, I'm excited about 2024 for sure. I'm really excited about your 2024 to be honest. Like, yeah, yeah, not to jinx it, but yeah, I think you've got so much ahead of you. Thank you. That's so sweet. Oh, you're the best. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time and for just like you're you're so good at what you do, by the way. Like really so good at what you do. Like the questions are so thoughtful. The conversation is like so easy and free flowing. And I think we've talked about literally almost everything under the sun. So and that's like to be able to guide the conversation that way as an interviewer. I've done it and it's hard. So you're amazing. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. Oh my god, that's made my week. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Because I think sometimes these can be so like, I don't know, like they feel like another day at the office almost. And like someone's like got a little quota and they're like, great, cool. Can you say the buzz line here? Can you say that? That's the head like, I'm tired too, but yeah, you want it to be more human. Exactly. And more human. I think like when it is like really authentic and just fun conversation, those things come regardless you know so yeah yeah Thank absolutely you. yesterday's interview she was like I don't want to talk about the book anymore <laughs> she was like you know what fine yeah. So, yeah it was so nice well enjoy the rest of your day Thank you very much for listening I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did I can't wait for you to hear more of the music content we also have more art we have more literature we have everything I just I have so much to get through and I am over the moon to be doing this again like I feel like I'm back in the groove now we've got two weeks down going until April so this is gonna be great next week we have Michael Isaac and Hot Wax and they are both really wonderful people I say both that's three people because Hot Wax is a band and by god are they a good band so good Elton John himself interviewed them before I did, and that is a tough act to follow. I didn't sing as well. I'm just kidding. I would never inflict that upon you. 